Welcome to Sheer Jeshub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the series on Heavenly Authority. We continue this morning in our study of Heavenly Authority uh, in the book of Judges. Last time we completed the section on Gideon. After Gideon, in chapter 10 of the book of Judges, uh, you read about Tola, who's of the tribe of Issachar. And we're told that Tola judged Israel 23 years from the mountains of Ephraim. And not much else has told us about him. Uh, then you read about Jair. Jair is a Gileadite, a descendant of Gilead. And Gilead was the grandson of Manasseh. Uh, the descendants of Gilead, called Gileadites, formed the tribal family. And half the tribe of Manasseh, along with uh, those from Gad and those from Reuben, settled in that Transjordan area on the other side of the Jordan River, east of the Jordan River. And there's a mountain area there known as Gilead. You hear about the bomb of Gilead. Well, Jair is a Gileadite. He's from that line coming from Manasseh's grandson, settled in this area, this mountain area known as Gilead. And he judges Israel for 22 years. And again, you see how different individuals are called at this time from different tribes as the Spirit of God moves. When Jair dies, we'll pick up in uh, Judges chapter 10 and verse 6. He died, he was buried in Cammon, and it says in verse 6, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And served the Baals and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. And from that year they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. All the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan, in the land of the Amorites, in Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah, also against Benjamin, and against the house of Ephraim so that Israel was severely distressed. So not only do they attack those in Gilead, those on the Jordanian side of the Jordan River, what we know as Jordan today, but they go across the Jordan River and they attack the main area of Israel, Benjamin and Ephraim. And the reason being that the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He sells them over. They're almost like a slavery to these people. Why? Well, you look up above just as before, and you see how they worship the gods of all these people. And look at it geographically. They worship 
and serve the Baals and the Asterisks. You know Baal is the Canaanite god. Those are the pagan gods in the area right in central Israel. But that's not enough. They also serve the gods of Syria. So Syria is northeast. They're serving the Syrian gods. The gods of Sidon, Tyre and Sidon, that's northwest. They're serving the gods of Moab. Moab is all the way down in the southeast. The gods of the people of Ammon. Now Ammon uh, was a son of Lot. He was one of Lot's children by his daughter. And his descendants, uh, the people of Ammon, were known as Ammon or the Ammonites. And they were generally located in the area just north and east of Moab. So they're on the other side of the Jordan also, in the area of Jordan. And they're a little north of north and east from the Moabites. Matter of fact, the capital of modern-day Jordan, Amman, is a continuation of this ancient name, Ammon. These people, these Ammonites. So over to the east, directly east, the gods of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines. The Philistines are settled down by the Gaza Strip. So in the, the southwest, and as a compass, it's as though you took and, and you made a big circle around Israel, and anyone within a stone's throw, whatever gods they had, they worshipped. They worshipped everything but the Lord God the proper way. They were contaminated by all these different people who surrounded them and who were in the midst of them, looking in every direction but to Yahweh. And there's a point here that if you worship the gods of these people, don't be surprised if the Lord hands you over to those people. If by worship they were admiring and fawning over their deities, then in spiritual realms they gave them authority the people over them. And God hands them over to those people whose gods they worship. God is really giving them, when you talk about authority, he's giving them the rulers, the leaders they deserve by their desires, by their worship, by their action. God ultimately puts them under the rulers they deserve. And these rulers are brutal. They're lorded over by them. They're sold into the hands of them as slaves. Because the gods of these people are brutal. They're pagan, miserable, unloving gods, unlike the true God, Yahweh. And so God gives the people the rulers they deserve. We should remember that as we go into the election period. It's important for believers, because if we commit idolatry with the things of the world, and someone can say to me, Pastor, I'm not uh, setting up idols I'm not bowing down to Baal or to Ashtoreth or to the gods of the Sidonians or the Philistines. Well, maybe we don't do it with actual little statues or uh, buildings or names of pagan gods, but we might be doing it by our actions, what we give time to, the things that we value. If we walk like the world walks, if we worship the things the world worships, then we should not be surprised if we wind up in the hands of the world even as the Israelites wound up in the hands of all their enemies. And so we see for 18 years that the children of Israel were harassed. It says that in verse 9, they were severely distressed. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you. 
because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals. Now they're brought, even as all the other times before this, they're brought to recognition. They understand that they turned from the one true God. They've forsaken the Lord God and they've served the Baals. And they cry out. When all else fails, they cry out to God for help. We have sinned. And God reminds them in verse 11 and verse 12 of how many times he's delivered them. And it's the same story happening over and over. And someone could say, well, why has it happened over and over like this? This is human nature. There is nothing new under the sun. And it's a shame that one generation does not learn from the example of the previous generation. Paul tells us that the things that happened in the Old Testament were to be an example to us that we don't do the same things that they did. And how many times the sadness, the commonness that things have to happen over and over again for us as human beings to learn. Wouldn't it be nice if we could look back at history, learn from what happened in the past, and not repeat the same mistakes? And all he has to explain to them and tell them how many times he's delivered them. And then you read in verse 13, the Lord says, Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. So now you see the harsh exterior, the God of justice, the God of righteousness, that it's too much. He says, no longer will I deliver you. And go, cry out, call on these gods that you worship, whom you've chosen. That's an important word, chosen. Today, in much of the political debate, people speak about choice. Well, you know, when you have the ability to choose, when you choose wrong, you pay a consequence for every wrong choice. Every wrong choice that we make, we pay consequences for. Especially when those choices concern obedience unto God. Every time we turn, even in a small way, from what God wants us to do, and we choose the way of the Sidonians or the Philistines or the Ammonites or the Moabites, or the Canaanites, or the Syrians. And notice, none of these people have any great love for the Israelites, right? And none of the people of the world, when we sell out and follow their ways, really have any great love for us. Every time, even in small ways, we go towards the way of the world, and we serve their ways and their idols, and we show disobedience unto God, we make a choice. And there's a certain point that God says, enough. Go and cry to those gods. You've forsaken me. I will deliver you no more. Cry out to them, those you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Then you read that the Israelites are afraid now. They put away the foreign gods from among them. And it says in verse 16, they serve the Lord. In verse 15, they come with a full confession, not just a partial confession. The children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned, do to us whatever seems best to you, only deliver us this day, we pray. So they start to act the right way. They make a true confession. They truly put aside the foreign gods. And they serve the Lord. And now you see the 
in the sight of God. We talked about that outward justice and the hardness he has to show for righteousness' sake. But you read in verse 16, the second part of it, it says, And his soul, God's soul, could no longer endure the misery of Israel. His soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. And you see the inner softness, the mercy, and the love in the heart of God. That once they correct the wrong ways, once they truly mean it, he desires to help them. He needs to be harsh with them. He needs to be hard with them to show justice. Otherwise, they would just keep going and going. But once they hear he's not going to deliver them, once they hear he's handed them over to the other gods, then they truly repent. And they turn around. And they do what's right. And the heart of God cannot stay harsh toward them very long. His mercy, his grace, his love, it says his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. It would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. We value your comments, and it is always a blessing to hear from our radio family, to know if the programs have helped you with your walk with the Lord. All correspondence and donations should be sent to Shia Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The exit off I-95 is 61. Please join us next time for Shear Jashub.